0: Let's talk sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. of reason and the dean of Richmond Radio. Here's Big Al on 1061 ESPN.
1: Somehow, some way, Old Dominion let a 28-point lead melt away in a bowl game. Uh, it's a bowl game and all that, but still, you want to win them. I and these guys aren't littered with stars going to the National Football League. And uh, so then they're so they're sitting out. That's not happening. Uh, they're playing their regular players. I would think that there might be one or two maybe to injury, but I don't believe any of them are. Uh, not playing because of uh, I'm going to sit out and wait to see how high I draft. The uh, of course the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky play without say, starting quarterback Austin Reed. That was the only one that I know of who opted out of the game to prepare for the NFL draft. So we'll see what happens there with Austin Reed. We'll certainly keep an eye on him uh, for the uh, when the NFL draft comes up in well, late April, early May these days. So, anyway, that's that. (laughs) It's a shame to see him lose a 28-point lead. And, you know, it's down in Charlotte. Now, I guess Alan was there. He's supposed to call us at some point. Um, That is the Cub. Anyway, I'll tell you something that really was big news for me. And this uh, this ought to get him over the top. The Mandys, also known as the, known as the Commanders or Manders, or now just why not the Mandys? The way they're playing, hey, why not? You know, I mean, people, A lot of people call them the Manders because Commanders is such a long, stupid name for a uh, dysfunctional cesspool. Um, but why not Mandys? You know, why not? It's easy, it's quick, it's fast. They can play Barry Manilow in the loudspeakers at the home games against the 49ers and the Cowboys. Man, they'll drive those two teams crazy, and they'll get wins. (laughs) We shall see. Anyway, they cut long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, whom they traded up for in the 2021 draft to pick in the sixth round. Uh, so anyway, they cut Cameron. Jesus, about had his punter, Tressway, killed on Sunday in L.A. He got mauled like like a bear. So anyway, they cut him. He has been he hadn't been very good. He was certainly no one worth um, going up in the draft for. They had a good long snapper, but I guess he was kind of getting to the end of his rope. Uh, but what is his? What was his name? Sunberg, I think, or Sandberg. I don't know what it was now, but he was good. That's a great thing. If you don't know the name of the long snapper, the red snapper, then uh, if you don't know the name, that's not so bad. That means he's doing his job. We knew Cheeseman from the start. Anyway good morning thank you for tuning in this morning it's eight oh three, and we thank you for tuning in back to a chilly morning this morning as opposed to yesterday morning i think it was about 51 today was i think 32 which is very reasonable uh when i got up this morning that's reasonable as we barreled towards uh 48 hours uh give or take uh, from the uh, start of winter so we haven't gotten to winter yet as you know so that's coming up but that's just that's no shock no surprise and can't worry about it anyway. The uh, fall does or autumn falls, uh, autumn leaves us, and the let me get this straight. Winter starts uh, on the twenty first of December. Anyway, good morning. Thank you for joining us. I'm uh, Big Al. This is Sports Phone. You're listening on one zero six one ESPN. Uh, Lou Alcinder, Lewis on the other side of the glass. Lou Alcinder had uh, hip surgery yesterday, so you're back in the saddle that quick. I'm impressed. Yes, sir. I'm back at it. I'm impressed. Hip surgery yesterday. And, uh, and he was, where was he in San Where was he? Somewhere out of town. He went in L.A. And uh, you're back with us this morning. That's quick recovery from hip surgery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So uh, we'll get to that. That is, I want to read about that. Um, I'll tell you a little snippet. It's one of those things where I always have a hard time. I always seem to have a hard time grasping why he was never really in the talk for being the best athlete, or being the uh, the best NBA player of all time, you know there were others always that came along that were you know the best NBA players, uh, every generation, and uh, and then of course, it uh, it comes down to Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, uh, who, uh, who's the other one I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, LeBron James, this just in, LeBron James. So uh, um, th- that's that's the deal there. I mean, it comes, those, it's LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. However you see it, people see it as the, they're the three. But you know, I mean, it's just amazing to me that the name of uh, of Lou Alcindor, Al- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, doesn't come up more often as being the uh, the all time best player. I mean, to me, I don't understand that. Uh, with his record, you know, the, the points he held for so long, uh, his shooting average, his defensive play uh, with Scott Hook, that couldn't be stopped. The six titles he had, the six MVP trophies that he had—I don't understand that, or even Will Chamberlain or Bill Russell. Man, it, it just—it uh, boggles my mind. You never hear their three names thrown into the cabbage patch. It's just the other names. Anyway, Al's with us, and I guess you're still in Charlotte, are you not?
2: Yes, sir. I'm uh, about to hit the road in a
1: few. Well, first of all, how was the crowd?
2: Uh, it was a lot of ODU fans. Uh, the, ODU, the ODU side was actually full, and uh, the uh, Western Kentucky fans filled in just a little bit later. But um, it was a good showing by Western Kentucky, all things considered. ODU was passed.
1: Well, I wonder if Robert the Bruce was down there. Somehow I doubt it. Uh, he, we did go to Old Dominion. What happened? I mean, they were leading 28-7 at the half. And thirty-five fourteen going into the third quarter. At one point, if I'm not mistaken, it was thirty-five to seven. Was it not? Now it's twenty-eight seven was the biggest spread. Twenty-one points there. They had a twenty-eight point lead. Um, actually, in the second quarter, it was twenty-eight to nothing. Before. Uh, Western Kentucky scored late in the second quarter, right before half. Well, it wasn't right before half. It was uh, halfway through. It was eight fourteen to go in the uh, second quarter before half, and it was twenty eight nothing, twenty eight seven. You still had to feel comfortable, I think, uh, going in at halftime. And then, they, uh, then, of course, they got 28-14, five minutes into the second half. But uh, ODU responded later, about seven minutes later, and we're up 35-14 going into the fourth quarter. What the hell happened?
2: So, as you alluded to in the beginning, Austin Reed sat out. That was the starting quarterback. So, they started with uh, Turner Hilton, and by the third drive, they replaced him with a kid named Caden Velcamp. I can't find Caden Velcamp on their roster online or on the flyer. I don't know where he came from, but when they put him in, things just turned around for Western Kentucky's offense. And they were never quite out the game. They would have these long drives, and then they fumble the ball or, or a receiver with with a drop of easy pass. And it just kind of looked like ODU took their foot off the gas uh, by play calling and. Um, Just in general, the team's energy. I think they thought they had it in the bag when it was 28-7. And, you know, it's crazy to say, but around about the second drive of the second half, uh, they threw uh, an interception, and that just turned the game on its head after that.
1: Well, they still go in the fourth quarter. They were up by 21, 35-14. And they scored a minute into the fourth quarter. Uh, Five and a half minutes later, they scored again. And then with 19 seconds left, uh, they scored another touchdown. They took the extra point, didn't go for two. And uh, it was 35-all, and then they won in overtime with a field goal, uh, a 29-yard field goal, and then won the game. And it was just a stunner to see that. Uh, ODU had the ball for 19 minutes, and Western Kentucky was on offense for 41 minutes of the game. Now, that can wear down a defense. Thank you, Red Dog, with that nugget. Red Dog texted in that nugget for me. No one's defense can uh, last under those conditions. Seriously, they, how do you only have the ball for 19 minutes and 41 for Western Kentucky? I know one thing to who started a quarterback is the coach's nephew. And uh, he was three for four for 15 yards, and that's when they put in uh, Veltkamp after that. He was 40 for 52. 40 for 52. He was nice. Three hundred and eighty three yards. Three hundred and eighty three with five touchdown passes and one pick. Uh oh boy. Thank you, Red Dog, for the update there. So anyway, go ahead.
2: I was gonna say I don't wanna um I don't wanna hype up the, the opposing team, but number seventeen from Western Kentucky has two of the best catches I've seen in a college football game all year. So if anybody gets a chance to go back and look at his touchdowns, he scored three touchdowns. Um, and had like over, I think he had over nine catches. But, um, the, the ultimate issue here, uh, big out is that ODU didn't, didn't put the nail in the coffin, man. They got up by scores and just kind of dawdled down, and Western Kentucky kept fighting.
1: Man, they did keep fighting. Yes, he had nine catches, 77 yards with three touchdowns, as you mentioned, uh, for Smith is his name. Uh, 18 was his longest catch, but he made the most of each of them, it sounds like, with three touchdown catches uh, in the game. I mean, that's that's impressive. Uh, that really is. I mean, he was 40 for his 52. Yeah, go ahead. i
2: said his first touchdown, Al, he went over the defender's, like, shoulders, basically – and grabbed it out the air with one hand. His mm. second touchdown, it looked like they were throwing to somebody um, behind him, and he reached up, full stride, full speed, snagged it out the air with one hand and scored. Like it was, it was just impressive.
1: Mm. I'm sure he'll get a look. He'll, uh, they'll look at the film and the tape on him. The pro scouts will. I'm sure there were some there. I'm sure most of them go to about every game. Uh, or as many as they can, or they split up the scouts and send them to different games. But he must, uh, I'm sure he was taking notice of. Uh, they had 472 total yards, 319. In the quarterback, uh, Veltkamp, who you were speaking of, 40 52, 383. Also ran the ball 19 times for 53 yards. How about them apples? I mean, his total yardage was, what, 336, uh, 436. 436. That is impressive.
2: And again, it just came out of nowhere, man. Like uh, I didn't, I didn't realize he was playing that well until they, they were giving us quarter by quarter stats, and I was like, this kid's only got like one one incomplete pass. It didn't look like it, but uh, what Reggie was talking about as far as the the drives, Western Kentucky had deeper drives because they they because um, ODU wasn't turning the ball over; they were just going three and out. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, there's that discrepancy there. But the ODU's defense, they had a deep rotation on their defense. So I don't even think that's a good enough excuse either, because I saw them rotating out pretty consistently, and there wasn't any drop off as far as performance between the guys they were rotating. So it looked like they had more depth, mm-hmm. uh, but they just didn't have they didn't have the aggressiveness necessary to close the game out. Well,
1: how about that? How about that? Are there are more games going on. Um, the, as far as the state teams Madison plays uh, against the Air Force Saturday at three uh, thirty out in Fort Worth. Virginia Tech and Tulane will play on the 27th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then, of the course, I mentioned, and I kind of I chuckle like, I like on this because it's so funny to see Liberty is in the Fiesta Bowl, which is a major bowl, January 1, you know, power, January 1 uh, group of six that they have in there, the six games they have December 30th and January 1 uh, in Oregon and Liberty play at 1 o'clock out in uh, Arizona. So uh, that could be eleven o'clock. I forget if Arizona. I don't think Arizona goes to daylight saving. So they should. Do, they could be uh, two hours behind us instead of three. So anyway, anyway, that's the Virginia lineup. And then uh, coming up today is uh, Texas San Antonio versus Marshall, and that's at nine o'clock tonight. And then we pick up more bowls Thursday, Friday, yeah, well, of course Saturday, and then Monday. Or not Monday. They're in bowl games so this we'll Monday because it's that nine o'clock. I'm sorry?
2: I said we'll be airing that 9 o'clock game tonight oh, good. as well. Good,
1: good, good. Texas San Antonio Marshall in the Frisco Bowl. Uh, and then not, they won't play, of course, Monday's Christmas Day. Uh, so they won't be playing that. They'll play in games on Saturday, which is the 23rd. And then they come back with the 26th with three bowls. And then we can start getting better bowls, working our way to January 1. So that's good. So anyway, you're driving back from Charlotte today, I take it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back at work, uh about
1: like two at the latest. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, what, are well, you working this afternoon, I tell you then, huh? Yeah, I'll
2: be there this afternoon.
1: All right, well good. Well drive carefully and thanks for the update, Hoss.
2: We'll do, man. You guys take
1: care. All right, you too. All right, that's Alan the Cub, the big Cub. And uh, went down, decided to go down to the Old Dominion, Western Kentucky. And what he saw was a Donnie Brook of sorts uh, with the rally in the second half. They posted 28 in the second half, allowed seven, ergo, sending into overtime. And then three for the uh, Hilltoppers in overtime, won it. And uh, I don't know if Robert the Bruce was watching, our former producer on the other side of the glass. And uh, <laughs> he is a graduate of Old Dominion. And he must have been choking on a bit there when watching his team kind of crumble there. Anyway, all right, we've got a lot to cover today. Feel free to call us. Our number is 327-0888. As you know, 327-0888. You can call or text. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Parney on early at 830. Not early, but we'll have him on at uh at 835, just because we haven't talked to him in a while I'll catch up with the squirrels and I know he wants to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and then at 9 o'clock it'll of course be the Sunshine Boys 2.0, Averitt and uh, Hobgood at 9 tomorrow and uh, we'll see if we can line a couple people up for Thursday and then Friday I'll be off. Gonna take a little day off before we get to Christmas. And so that, as they say in show business, is that. Anyway, we do have Lewis uh, on the other side, and we thank you for your work this morning, Hoss. Man, thank you. Did you get to watch any of that game yesterday? Man, no, I didn't. Uh, I was getting ready for the Behind the
3: Web show with Bob and Chris oh, Mooney. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I did catch some of that overtime talk uh, on the airwaves, and what I will say is I, I I just got the impression that ODU had got comfortable in uh, – in <laughs> I was told that they were trying to like run the time off the clock and that's how they that you know like that's how uh, the other team ended up coming back uh, yeah well
1: you know there's a lot of theories out there on what to do and how to do them and uh, yeah you can run the clock but you kind of got to you know do what you got to do as well um, if you're winning in a certain fashion, keep doing that. Well, people go back to the Super Bowl where Atlanta was up 28-3 to over New England, and they just needed to run the ball more in the second half and then towards the end, and they didn't, and gave uh, New England clock time by passing. And you know incompletions are gonna be there and stop the clock and New England rally to win. They needed touchdowns plus two point conversions. They got both of their two point conversions to send that one into overtime, I believe. Yeah. So anyway. And and, and also two big, I seen one
3: crazy stat, like that uh the, the the head coach from ODU, they said that was the first time that he had got a field goal block in his his whole uh career of coaching. So they had a block field goal. Yeah, two of them. Dude, in the same game.
1: man. Maybe they need to call Cameron Cheeseman to go down there and be the long snapper. Uh, th- I just saw this for the first time. Uh, quarterback for LSU, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. What a talent. What fun to watch he is. Is going to skip the bowl, which is against Wisconsin, in the Reliant Quest Bowl, January 1 in Tampa. That will cut down on viewership because he's a talent and he's fun to watch. And I was actually going to watch some of that game. And now maybe Wisconsin will beat LSU and Brian Kelly. Ho, ho, won't mind that one. Ho, ho, ho. Anyway, uh, I was kind of looking forward to seeing the young man play because he is fun to watch. He is good, good, good. He is, man, he's talented. All right, let's take a pause right here, right now. We're behind. It's already eight eighteen. believe it or not. We'll take that pause and return right here on 1061 ESPN. Don't touch that dial.
0: 1061 ESPN traffic. There is a water main break.
1: We're here, we're live, and we're talking sports. Uh, it's Richard's birthday yesterday. Who else, uh, who else had a birthday? There were some notable birthdays out there yesterday.
3: I had a birthday yesterday.
1: No. Why well, don't you say something? It was no big deal, man. It's a big deal. It's your birthday. How old? Well, happy birthday to you. You should have said something. How old are you now? I am 32. 32. Well, happy birthday to you for yesterday. How about that? You should have... Should have yelled it on out one time, at least at the end, if not before. Uh, <laughs> how about <laughs> I'll do them next year? Um, uh, Spielberg, uh, the movie producer director, was seventy seven yesterday, and there was one other notable one. i was surprised by the age because it's close to mine, <laughs> too close for comfort. Anyway, uh, other bowl games yesterday. Let me give you the scores on those. Happy birthday to you, yesterday, December the eighteenth. Happy birthday. Uh, Ohio Bobcats took the measure Georgia Southern 41-21 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't need to tell you the bowls. Uh, Jacksonville State, 34, Louisiana, uh, 31. The raging, not at the raging Cajuns. I don't think Louisiana is. They might be. I can't recall. Uh, let's see. Miami of Ohio played Appy State. Appalachian won 13-9. Fresno State, 37-10 over New Mexico State. Some of these people show up. Some don't. UCLA top Boise State in the L.A. Bowl, uh, SoFi Stadium. I guess I was going to say, yeah, I guess because the the Mandys and the Rams played there on Sunday, so there's not much to reconfigure there. 35-22 UCLA over Boise State, and uh, we have one game today that I I see on the docket. Uh, For today is Tuesday. I thought there was one today. Didn't I say something about that a little while ago? Saturday's games, Tuesday's game. Here we go. Tuesday's game. It's tonight at 9. Texas San Antonio and Marshall play. We'll have that game right here. I know you want to step and listen to that. Uh, One other game yesterday. Texas Tech. uh, The Red Raiders top the California Golden Bears, which will be part of the ACC next year. Why do they call it the the, ACC? I don't know. We'll pack two uh, ACC I don't know what they can call it I, I don't know it's, it's just it's ridiculous sounding it's a ridiculous move it was a snap judgment in my opinion now the commissioner will tell you no not at all I think of Mr. Jim Phillips it was well thought out and it was well planned and this is what we want you got, the, you, got the, you got the crumbs also awesome. I'm sorry to tell you you got the crumbs of the uh, of the, of uh, football in the uh, when you got Stanford and Cal. SMU had a pretty good year in football, but ah, yeah, yeah, the, the good teams are gone. I mean, they'd already left. They closed up shop and said, we'll see you sometime in the next century uh, to build these mega conferences in the SEC and particularly the Big Ten. I think now it's 18 teams. So, anyway, they got the crumbs. They have 17 uh, teams in the ACC now. And when you exclude football, they have 18. Because Notre Dame does not play in the ACC, <coughs> as we know, and in doing that, uh, they still play five games a year or six sometimes against uh, teams of the ACC, but they are not members in football. All right, uh, there uh, there are some college basketball polls that came out yesterday, as they usually do, and we talk about it on Tuesday morning. That's this morning, obviously. Uh, Purdue, with their win over Arizona on uh, this past weekend Saturday, jumped to number one in both polls, as we would expect. They're ten and one. They're really uh, the only, only one undefeated team in the top twenty. Well, there are a couple, uh, but you've got really just as far as Oklahoma at number uh, number eight. They are ten and zip, and then Houston at number three. In uh, both polls is also 11 and zip. Yeah, the two of them are. And then you look down the line a little further, and Ole Miss is 10 and zip. So, but other than that, there's, uh, the, you know, 1976, last time we had an undefeated champion in college basketball. Bobby Knight is Indiana Hoosiers, led by Quinn Buckner back in the day. Uh, what were 32 and zip, if I'm not mistaken? And they only had to win four games back then, I think, to win the title. So I believe they were 32 in zip. But they're the last ones to go undefeated. Nevada, Las Vegas came close, but Duke beat them, and that was that. And so uh, it's you don't see undefeated teams anymore. And now, when Lou Alcindor was around, as we were talking earlier, I want to read about his, uh, give you a little, little bit. It's one of the things, that, and we'll get back to it in a minute, but I want to talk about why is he never considered uh, the greatest player in NBA history? Why is not Chamberlain or Russell? Uh, it's always, uh, as I said earlier, Jordan, James, and, uh, and Bryant, Kobe Bryant. Right, we'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. Uh, just to want to update you a little bit on the college basketball scene. Now, Virginia does play at... Memphis tonight. Virginia did beat then number 14 Texas A&M at home earlier this season. As you remember, Texas A&M is nowhere to be seen, uh, even in the other receiving votes category that I can see. Madison's 20 and Virginia 22 in the AP. Uh, They are where they were a week ago. Uh, Coming out of Christmas, excuse me, exam break. Uh, then you can uh, then you don't, you don't play much. Uh, you don't play at all during the exam break. You might have one game added to your schedule since the last poll, and that's what happened. They're both where they were a week ago. Uh, in the coaches' poll, Virginia is 20. They moved up one, and Madison moved uh, down one. They swapped places in the coaches' poll as Virginia went to 20, up from 21, and Madison went to 21, down from 20. And so Madison's 10-0. and 0. Forgot to give you that one when I mentioned earlier. Madison, there are four teams that are unbeaten in the top 25. I apologize. Ole Miss, James Madison. Uh, We had Oklahoma. And then, of course, Houston at number three. Those are your four that are unbeaten in the um, world of men's college basketball. Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Arizona, uh, UConn, Marquette uh, are all – they're the same in the polls, 1 through 6. It takes divergent paths after that. Uh, you've got Tennessee, Oklahoma, flip-flopping 7 and 8, Kentucky 9, and Baylor 10. So other than the, the, uh, the Oklahoma-Tennessee, 6 and 1, poll, 7 and the other, and they flip-flop and go 7 and 6 and the other. So there you have it for the college basketball. We'll have the, the Sunshine Boys 2.0 tomorrow. They will uh, be with us at 9 o'clock. We will also be at Gus's tomorrow, oh, by the way. Come on out. to be our last uh, visit to Gus's before Christmas and before the New Year. How about them apples? uh, We will be back two weeks after that. And as you know, uh, if you take out your calendars, uh, the first Wednesday in January will be the third. So we'll be there the 20th, this Wednesday. Come on out and see us. Great fun, gifts, to, prizes to give away. And uh, the food's outstanding. Saw Scott yesterday. I stopped by Gus's yesterday. It's saw Scotty dog out there. And his daughter, Brittany, was working. So uh, always a good time to stop by and say hello and have lunch if you're so inclined. And we'll be there Wednesday. So come out and see us. Gus's is in the Hanover Square Shopping Center. And get there a little early. You know, the traffic gets a little thicker this time of year. It is a shopping center. And, of course, uh... It's on Bell Creek Road. So look forward to uh, seeing y'all tomorrow at Gus's Italian Cafe and Sports Bar. It's unique. Italian Cafe on one side, Sports Bar on the other. There's nothing else like it in Central Virginia. All right, let's take that pause. Hear from our fine sponsors and return. Want we'll to talk a little bit about Lou Alcender, who, of course, became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in his career. And I've been referring to him as Alcender, because that's the nickname for Lewis on the other side of the glass because... Uh, John Wood always called Lou Alcindor Lewis Lewis didn't call him Lou didn't, didn't call him Big Al anything he just called him Lewis so hence the nickname for Lewis on the other side of the glass is Alcindor and uh, I've been calling him that, but, you know, for, for, you know, ever since he got out of college he's been or right one year in the pros I think his first year or two with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, they did win a championship with him Oscar Robertson uh, Dave, uh, John McLaughlin was on that team I don't remember anybody else but uh, he was Lou Sender then, and then he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right, we'll take a pause. It's 8.32. We thank you for tuning in on this chilly morning, up to 35. Uh, and our number, as always, is 327-0888. We've talked about some pro football and a couple of college well, The Old Dominion College game, we certainly talked about that, how they blew a 28-point lead. And then um, the college polls. We'll get to some Luau sender a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Official name, and uh, when we return, just to talk about, you know, why is he not in the mix? Well, I like your opinions. Give a call if you want three two seven zero eight eight eight. You can also text messages into that number as well. Thank you for tuning in. We shall return right after this.
0: Hang on a second, I'm parking. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you, man. I think it's the information age more than anything else, big Al. I think uh, when when we got social media started, and you could see all these all-time great guys i mean lebron's definitely in the same tier with all these people i mean you look at all this but we get to see these guys like every minute of their lives every single accomplishment they make during you know their whole journey instead of hearing things or reading it in the paper or seeing it on the tv two or three times a week
1: you know even in the i think we got that even the late 60s the nba finals were on tape delay Right, it was one right. live. I mean, it finally came around. I think when the Knicks and the Lakers played two out of three years, and uh, and of course the great game where Willis Reed came out hobbling with a bad knee, you know, and they won right. and that kind of thing. You saw that, and that certainly enhanced his reputation. But he was a very good center uh, for the New York Knickerbockers right. back in the day, Willis Reed. So
0: yeah. Yeah, it'd be really cool if we could get some of these cats that are following, you know, the the game today to to become students of the game and, and learn about all those things. Because they'd find out Pistol Pete was kind of Steph Curry before Steph Curry, and Bob mm-hmm. Cousy was Pistol Pete before Pistol
1: Pete, you know? <laughs> yeah. His uh, pro yeah. career was never that uh, enlightening or it wasn't that uh, ma- oh, yeah. magic. He uh, He had an okay pro career, but boy, at LSU in college, I mean to tell you, right? He was That's something. True.
0: That's true. He was scary in college. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I didn't even mention magic. But anyway, yeah, I've to get going, yeah. Big Al, because I got to go to work. But I no. appreciate your
1: show. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Well, thank you, Michael. Hold on a second. Where do you work? If you want to tell us, if you don't want to, don't tell us.
0: Grasshopper Landscaping, man. Grasshopper Land. Grass. Grass everywhere.
1: Well, good. That's a great. Thing. I like that Grasshopper Landscaping. You go tell him you're talking to me, and he'll you'll get there. You'll get there in a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I better get going. <laughs> yeah,
1: you better. Get, yeah, yeah. The uh, the boss say, I don't care who you listen to. Get your, you know, what over here. Anyway, Michael, thank right. you for the call. Thank you for listening. All
0: right, Big Al. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Bye-bye. take care.
1: Is uh, it, it, it? turns out uh, Abdul Jabbar was at a concert of a a, a group that was. I just singers, I believe. They had a band, a backup band with them. And they play. and they were mainly in the late 60s, I believe, called, I remember listening to them and hearing them, called Manha- The Manhattan Transfer. It was their final concert at Disney Hall. And uh, Jamar was getting up and he was going to read a letter. And then uh, he fell. Um, he said, i f- he said, "I'd like to say I fell while trying to save a child from a plunging from a over a balcony, but I just tripped." So anyway, he fell and broke his hip. Age is the great equalizer and uh, humbles us all," said the seventy-six-year-old Jabbar. Uh, boy, you know, it's just he always seems so much older growing up. Uh, you know, he just. Seventy six. You'd think he'd be eighty six, but no, of course not. That wasn't the case, um, because uh, he's not. I mean, he was seventy six years old. He is now. Excuse me. He's still alive. Broke a hip. Got got it operated on, but he's only what eight nine years, or eight seven years older than me. And watching college basketball when I was young and growing up, you know Jabbar. You know, you just thought you know, I was like. You know, he was there what, 67 through 69, 67, 89, I believe, I've got that right, and um, he was because see, freshman couldn't play back then, so you had a three-year career as your sophomore, junior, and senior years. So, and it was said that back in when he was a freshman, the freshman team could beat the, uh, the, the regular uh, team full of sophomores, juniors, and seniors, of course, led by uh, then Al center Abdul-Jabbar. 76 he is now. Somebody had asked me, I said, I don't know, 80? But he, he wasn't that much older than I was. He's in college, maybe 19, and I'm 12 or, or uh you know 11 or 12 watching so I guess that's why it seemed like such a big gap but it really wasn't. Um, anyway, you know, they call him one of the greatest players of all time in all of history all of history. I'm thinking man, why is he not in this thing more? Why is he never considered the best player ever to play in the NBA? The guy was seven foot two his arm would go from there to there and he had this sky hook it was called and you could not stop it only way it was stopped is if he was a little bit off the mark. I don't, I don't recall anybody ever blocking his sky hook. Across the middle, the bread and butter. And he just, I mean, his arms, his hand, he'd beat me up above the rim almost if he wasn't. And he just, you know, the sky hook. He played at Power Memorial in New York, which is the best team in New York City. The three NCAA titles, the three-time player of the year, his record at UCLA as a sophomore junior and senior, uh, it's hard to believe he only played thirty games a year, including the titles, but like I say, you only had to win four to get to win the title. But eighty-eight and two. Eighty-eight wins, two losses. Now one loss was um, excuse me. One loss was to Houston, the Cougars with Elvin Hayes. Who was outstanding Hall of Famer in the pros? Elvin Hayes was about six ten, and uh, was a great player. Won NBA title with the Washington, uh, when I guess the Bullet Baltimore, I can Washington. Maybe I don't remember. Anyway, they were the Bullets, either Baltimore or Washington. Elvin Hayes, I think he played there. It's you know, you look back, and well, there's a little fog down that uh, that alley. I'm looking down. Uh, the memories, that, uh, the, the memories get foggy. The foggy ruins of time, I believe, is what Bob Dylan said. I don't believe it. I know it. The foggy ruins of time. Anyway, uh, and they, they he had a scratched eyeball that game, you know, retina eyeball. Uh, Jabbar did, or Al Center at the time did, and he wore goggles. And uh, I believe he did in the rematch. But regardless, uh, Houston beat him by just a bucket, I believe. It might have been seventy-one sixty-nine in the regular season in the Astrodome. And it was sold out. I guess it was sold out. I mean, it was it was to the rafters, so to speak. And they beat them. Well, they played again in the probably the Western Region Final or something like that. Or maybe in the Final Four. I don't recall. But Houston got whooped by UCLA. I mean, Jabbar was healthy and fine. He, I think he was wearing goggles in the first game, not the second game. they dominated and beat the pants off of Houston. So, yeah, that now the other game they lost, I don't remember. You don't remember, do you, Lewis? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, what do you say? I You're thirty two? Yeah. You remember, don't you? You're born in what, eighty one at ninety one, right? <laughs> you yeah, won't 19, remember 91. that one. Anyway, I, I, we can look, I'll try and look it up. Who are the two games they lost? I know it was Houston and they cashed that back in, payback and uh, not a problem. And uh, you know, he, he, Three NCAA championships, eighty-eight and two at UCLA. Six NBA titles, same as Jordan. More than Kobe. More than well, Kobe might have six. I know he had more than Shaq uh, and more than uh, James. Six in now. The they lost a few, but only Jordan. I think was six and zero. Oh. Maybe some of the Lakers that won eleven. You know, in a time period, maybe they. You know, they certainly. Uh, won six, of those teammates won six. He had six most valuable players, player awards with the Bucks and the Lakers. So big out is he? Is he? Is he your
3: greatest uh, NBA? I mean, player he's got to Star be Arnold?
1: there. He's got to be there. Then you got to make a discussion of the of of the other three guys with him. Got you. I you mean. Know?
3: I just think it's a big deal that he scored 100 points. No, that was Chamberlain who scored 100. Oh, sorry. yeah, sorry. Yeah, Chamberlain had
1: 100 points in, in, a, in a game in Hershey, Pennsylvania, of all things. And that season, he averaged 50.4 points. So, so like, you would still take Kareem over at Wilt? Uh, probably. Okay. Because of his offensive dominance. Now, obviously, Wilt dominated when you average 50 points a game. Your average, you know, you're there. Uh, The fact that he won six titles and six MVPs, uh, the problem with Chamberlain was he had to go against, uh, for a number of years, had to have Bill Russell, who was shorter at 6'9", long arms. He was shorter. And then uh, uh, Chamberlain was bigger than Russell as far as, you know, his upper body strength and all that. But Russell was such a defensive uh, uh, talent phenomenon, outstanding defensive player. And he won eleven titles, and he coached as a player coach. Bill Russell did took over for Arbach. And, and and Chamberlain I think only had two titles, maybe one with Philadelphia with the Warriors, San Francisco they moved out there maybe, or one with the Lakers. I'd have to look that one up, but he, I mean Russell had eleven. Yeah. So you know, you look at that and you say, well, okay, there's a lot a lot to look at here. Yeah. You need a committee, and there was a committee, and Jordan was voted the greatest. I, yeah, I
3: think. I mean, I think <laughs> simply put, man, Jordan was so phenomenal that I mean, he he kind of like overshadows everybody else, man. I think. I think that's what it comes down to, man.
1: I wish you'd watch. You could watch highlights of a lot of games of Jabbar and Chamberlain and Russell. And I know I'm going way back, but I mean, Ch- I mean, <laughs> Jabbar, you try and find find yourself a few videos of uh, of Jabbar's sky hook. I mean, he's uh, hes so far up, he's shooting down to the basket, I believe, and uh, just the six titles, you know, three titles at UCLA. Now I know that doesn't count the pros, uh, three NCAA titles and three Player of the Years in the uh, at UCLA college basketball. Uh, it's just hard to. Hard. And I'm not—I was never a fan of Jabbar, but you know, if he. <laughs> If you're voting on something, you have to do with your head, not your heart. Leave your heart in the suitcase back in the hotel. Only your head. So we're gonna get to a pause. I I just I just like to look at his numbers and see what he did. And he slowed down the. And he only played for the Bucks for a year, a couple of years, I believe, and then traded to L. A. He made he made his bones. He did win a title uh, in. in Milwaukee, but Oscar Robertson also was there. So, anyway, we'll take a pause. It's already 8 5, 0, 10 minutes to 9, 8.50, 10 to 9. Stay with us here on 106.1 ESPN. Give a call. Talk a little sports. Basketball talk, college basketball. Uh, You know, Jabbar falls at 76, breaks his hip. It you know, just comes back to me, the memory of watching uh, Lou Alcender, a.k.a. Jabbar, play in college. Whew. Amazing. Anyway, stay with us. We shall return. Give a call. Keep Lewis busy. Keep Alcender on the other side of the glass busy. Our number is 327 0888. 327 I didn't even mention this this morning. How dumb am I? Uh, the Eagles led and blew a game against Drew Locke and the Seattle Seahawks. They came back to win 2017. Uh, What are they going to do for a D coordinator now in Philly? Matt Patricia not working? Hmm. Hmm. How about them apples? All right. We'll talk about that too. Stay with us. Give a call. 327 0888. We're, We're back. uh, what? Listen, I gotta correct myself on one thing. I didn't realize this. I forgot. One, two, three, four, five, six years. Six years with the NBA Milwaukee Bucks. Not one or two, like I said. Holy cow! I missed that one. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Good morning. Good morning, caller. Who, what do you have for us this morning? Turn your radio down. Hello. Hello listen to the radio. Can't do that. We're on delay. Hello. All right, you can let him go. All right, I mean we're on delay. You have you don't listen to the radio. Just listen to your phone, and that's how we pick you up. Uh, Jabbar he led the league in scoring twice in the second, third years with the Bucks. Thirty-one point seven. And then the next year, 34.8 in years one and two. And four years, uh, only four years he averaged over 30. But that's okay. I mean, you got other players around you. You're not shooting as much. And you still win championships. That's what it's all about. Uh, 14 seasons with the uh, Lakers, and six with the Bucks, Boy, did I miss that one. Well, I don't know. I was just thinking he only played a couple of years with the Bucks. he played six years with the Milwaukee Bucks. How about them apples? And with the Milwaukee, he averaged 30.4 points a game in his six seasons there. Uh, he only, now, here's something that might be a drawback that people would say, well, this is why he's not the, uh, the greatest of all time. He only led the league in rebounding once. And Moses Malone led it five years in a row, got interrupted by Sven Nader, of all things, Moses. <laughs> and then he won a couple more in a row after that. But Moses, uh, at, his, at his peak, won five rebounding titles in a row. And uh, in his career, Jabbar only had one year where he led the league, and that was his high watermark in his first year with the Lakers at 169 so Now, like a lot of guys at the end, he's not playing the minutes. He's collecting a salary. He's not playing, uh, you know, like the last three years of his career with the Lakers. He averaged 31-3, 28.9, and 22.9. And he only averaged 10 points his last year in 14.6 and 17.5 the prior three years. Uh, so it kind of brought his average down uh, when you look at it. But he averaged 24.6 in his career. But it can't. If you take out those three years, I'm sure it's more like twenty six or seven points per game, and his rebounding totals eleven points you average. You know, like a lot of guys. I mean, Ralph Sampson uh, averaged a double double. You're a big guy like that. You can average double double. So yeah, that's just you know. I read about his hip. I'm not. I was never a real big fan of his, but um, yeah, I just don't understand why he's not in the mix. The big guys like he or Chamberlain or Russell. Chamblin for his offensive prowess, and Russell for his defensive prowess. I mean, that's when you really invoke. Well, this look at the defense—he might not score, but 15, 18 points a game, Bill uh, Bill Russell. But look at look at his rebounding and defense, and that makes that makes a big difference. So, a big difference. There you have that. All right, we got to get out of here for a pause here. Most any second. And we're going to do that. It's already 58 past the hour of 8 o'clock. Holy smokes. Um, more bowl games, obviously a lot more going. I'll look up the lines on the Virginia schools that are left. Old Dominion, boy, they just went flat and got beat. We're 0-1. The Commonwealth is 0-1. And the four four bowl games left, five total. So there you have it. It, uh, it is, as I said, 859. And we're, yeah, we're running. We are running out of time, man. Look at the clock now. All right, stay with us. We have another hour to